Alright, how's it going? Yurt says you. How are you feeling? Hang on a second, I bring the bed. How are you feeling? How's your week been? Again, yet another fucking... Fucking... The grind don't stop for me. Grind don't stop. Fucking... Ain't no grind like a college grind, because the college grind don't stop. <laughs> um, yeah, I've got I've got more assignments due this week. So again, similar week to last week, I just have loads of shit going on. And, uh, but you know, we'll, we'll get over it. We'll cope. I'm getting on alright at the moment, and uh, hopefully um, oh, the college year will be over before I fucking know it. So how have you been? How's your week been? Um, I've had a very decent week. Um, it was my birthday. I'm officially 21. Oh hey, <laughs> Yort says you, Yort. Um, I'm recording this fairly late at night. It's about um, what time is it? It's about quarter past ten, which isn't great because I like to get to bed early. But uh, we'll fucking do it anyway. And uh, but everyone else in the house is asleep, so I've got to be extra quiet. So it's a bit more uh, ASMR this week, innit? It's a bit more uh, late night radio. Speaking of radio, actually, I'm gonna be I'm on the radio Mondays, nine to eleven, Wired ninety nine point nine FM, or you can listen where uh, live on wiredfm.ie. Uh, it's just morning radio, just me having a laugh, um, and playing some tunes. Um, yeah, tune in that time if you're close to a radio or have access to the internet at that time of day, which. Um, you know, everyone has. <laughs> um, alright, so last week, as you know, if you were listening, um, I, um, because you definitely were listening as well, because I've got a lot of fans, you know, I've got, um, I've got, I've got, um, I've got groupies and all now, I reckon. Um, but if it wasn't for a fucking pandemic, if it wasn't for a pandemic, you know, I'd be living the lifestyle of the of a celebrity podcaster right now, but Jesus, you know, because of the pandemic, I'm just unaware of how ridiculously famous I am at the moment. Um, it's 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 crippling. It's crippling to be honest. It's crippling. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Next week as well, by the way, I mightn't have a normal podcast next week, or I might. I'm not sure. Um, next week, I'm gonna have. I'm gonna have a kind of a. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm gonna release it as a as a, as an actual, just a regular Thursday podcast, or I might I might do it separately as like a bonus episode. But I'm I'm working at the moment. It might be next week, a couple of weeks after. I'm not sure when, but I'm working on. Um, I suppose a kind of a, a kind of a sketch show. Um, it's just a series of sketches in one podcast. I'm not sure how long it's going to be because it's not finished and I'm still making them. Um, just of of an evening, I, uh, I I like to sit down and just talk shit into a microphone, uh, doing silly voices, doing uh, making stupid songs, that kind of thing. So I'm going to put them, a load of them into one show and maybe make it like half an hour long, maybe a bit longer um, or maybe less long, I'm not sure and uh start doing that so i'm gonna start doing that soon um so the first one might be out like next week i'm not sure um i'm under no obligation to finish it anyway so so do you know what i mean i'll fucking make you wait for it you cunts <laughs> i can't say cunt on the radio um 
but yeah I'm looking for I uh, look forward to that I'm looking forward to having it done and being able to listen to it um bit different um already some of the stuff I'm doing at the moment bit different to what you're probably used to um in terms of uh, in terms of uh, sketches um if you're here sketches podcasts uh you probably think oh nice one two johnnies no <laughs> it's uh it's quite a bit different i was doing some stuff today um it's a bit disturbing some of it to be honest because <laughs> uh i'm a bit i'm a bit fucked up in the head um but you know uh it's a good laugh i enjoy making them so uh look you can look forward to that and the next week or maybe two weeks Alright, so I'm going to get straight into this week's podcast because as you know last week I had a whole thing planned and I ended up not speaking about it at all and I said I'll, I'll do it next week. Well, I don't lie, I don't break any promises, um, so here I am. So, um, if you're following um, Martin Scorsese lately, um, he's been getting more and more flack as of late for chatting more shit about Marvel. And people fucking the first time I'll I'll give you my opinion on what happened the first time and then I'll get into it again. But the first time it really pissed me off when people started getting angry. Martin Scorsese, if you don't know Martin Scorsese said that he's not a fan of Marvel and he said the Marvel franchise um isn't cinema and it reminds him of theme parks, right? Is that's the kind of general consensus of what he was quoted and saying, and people went mental, people lost their shit, and it wrecked my tits. I'm like, going, hang on a second, lads. He's a uh, Martin Scorsese. Do you know what I mean? You're some nerd on the internet. He knows more than you about this, right? Assume you probably don't know as much about this as you think you do. If Martin Scorsese is telling you some, is telling you something about fucking cinema. Why the fuck do you think you know more than him? He's fucking Martin Scorsese. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm always saying, I said I said this in the radio a couple of weeks back. Martin Scorsese, Martin Scorsese has the longest running career of any filmmaker ever, literally ever. Like how old is 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 cinema and video? We going on to about we'll say 120 years. That's that's we'll say right. So it's not that long, and. He's had a career that has spanned since, we'll say, the mid-70s up till now. Still making top quality films. Like, how long is that? Like, 50-odd years? Like, that's longer than anyone has ever done. But, like, in terms of, like, the directors who've worked longer or have done... And I'm talking specifically about American directors because that's my kind of area of expertise. But um, I, I I could um, analyze further, but um, I know mainly about Americans. But like no one out of America, no one has as long-standing a career as he has. With such like even directors who have worked as long as him, Steven Spielberg has wo- has worked just as long as him. Put out similar amount of films as he has. But hasn't maintained the same level of fucking just amazing, amazing artistry, I think. 
like Spielberg now like what Spielberg done the last 10 years that um will be remembered as great Spielberg films I mean he know, I know he's done very kind of great kind of awardsy type films but when they talk about Spielberg they're not going to talk about they're not going to talk about like what Lincoln they'll talk about Lincoln when they talk about Daniel Day-Lewis but not Spielberg you know what I mean? I'm talking about 20, 30 years down the line. When they talk about Daniel Day-Lewis, yeah, they'll bring up Lincoln, but not when they're talking about Spielberg. When they when they say Spielberg, they'll say Jaws, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh, Jurassic Park. And even if you're going into the more Oscar ones, they're going to say Schindler's List. In the last 10 years, even some of the f- some of his films are good, you know, they're not to the same level. And I mean, he did, he did Ready Player One there a couple of years ago. Which was meant to be kind of like, oh yeah, Spielberg's doing his Spielberg thing again. He's going back to his kind of roots. And it's just not... It's I've seen that film about three times. And it took me that last last time to kind of go, do you know what? This film isn't that great. It's alright. It's alright. It's grand. It's not... It's not like... It doesn't have that fucking that fucking Spielberg thing to it like do you know what I mean like E.T. doesn't matter how old that fucking film is it'll never fucking it'll never date do you know what I mean that film will still fucking hit you to the core no matter what like you know what I mean there's still something to that same with even with I talk about Indiana Jones a few times in this podcast actually I'm not even that massive an Indiana Jones fan to be honest but like even though the action in that does date a bit like, you can tell fellas aren't hitting each other. Do you know what I mean? When you watch those films, you can tell that lad isn't actually hitting him. But that doesn't matter. Do you know what I mean? That doesn't matter. Because it still has that vibe to it. Do you know what I mean? It still has that kind of energy to it. Ready Player One just doesn't have that energy to it. It has certain bits. There's one, there's a scene that's near the start of the film with the race. There's a fucking... This whole, if you haven't seen the film, there's a whole kind of video game type race in the kind of a Need for Speed type vein. Um, and that's fucking phenomenal, right? That whole scene is fucking spectacular. It's fucking amazing. But the rest of the film isn't as good as that at all, in any way, shape or form. Like, not at all. There's a couple of bits that are like, oh, that, that's a good scene, that's a good scene. But other than that, not much. You ain't got much other than that. Do you know what I mean? So, but Martin Scorsese... You could say any of his films are his best work and you'd have a fair argument. Like, go through his entire career, start to finish. It's not like... If someone turned around and said, yeah, Steven Spielberg is at the height of his powers right now. You're just talking out of your arse. But if you said that about Scorsese, no, you could make a fucking fair case. And you could say that about any of his stages. So you go back as far as Taxi Driver... In fucking way in the seventies, that's that was his first, that was his first, fucking absolute classic. He's he's made several classics, but that was his first absolute classic. So if you said, yeah, fucking, Taxi Driver is his best film, I'd say fair enough. If you said King of Comedy is his best film, I'd say fair enough. Like King of Comedy, like that's getting ripped off today. Like Joker a few years ago is just King of Comedy with. Batman in it do you know what I mean that's all it is if you say King of Comedies is his best film I'd say yeah fair enough if you say Goodfellas is his best film 
obviously fair enough. Casino, fair enough. The Departed, fair enough. Wolf of Wall Street, fair enough. Shutter Island, fair enough. The Irishman, fair enough. Like this man, like nobody has done that. I've just gone through 50 years of a career and man just pulls out fucking absolute classics constantly constantly nobody has done that every director has a fucking what does he call it every artist has what's called an imperial phase they call it i think isn't it imperial phase i could be getting that wrong i could be thinking of the fucking the imperial march <laughs> but um it's like you know what i mean like a like a phase when they're just doing the top of their what they're at the top of their game and even if the rest of their stuff is good it still doesn't touch that level and it, Scorsese just doesn't have that he just doesn't have it he really just doesn't have it at all so when he turns around and says that Marvel isn't cinema maybe you should actually stop and go what do you mean Martin because assume he knows more than you because you're 23 on fucking YouTube you know what I mean like assume he knows more than you um, if you actually go and look at what he's saying as well he's very forward thinking when you look at the actual original interview where he was quoted in saying that he was actually talking about the future of cinema and he was talking about different forms of medium uh, of different mediums that aren't actually cinema that are kind of getting swept in underneath it so he says that Marvel uh, aren't cinema they're like theme parks he said he doesn't have anything against them which he doesn't he says that they're he says and he he says that here's an example he says that he thought for the longest time um long form television series were cinema he said and he said i know really they're not there's something different because i could watch two episodes in a in a row and then you could watch 10 episodes in a row someone else could watch it weekly it's a different experience every time but cinema is the same experience. You sit down for the two-hour interval, the three-hour interval, whatever the fuck it is, and you have one long-form experience watching this thing. That's what cinema is. And cinema itself is that in a communal area, in, in a theatre. And he talks about the different things that are going to be coming up. And he talks about virtual reality films, which nobody's fucking discussing. Nobody's talking about virtual reality and next thing he's saying, well, that'll be coming in soon, but no one seems to have done anything with that yet, and blah, blah, blah. Very forward thinking. And there's a lot of people going on as if he's just some old guy who doesn't get it. So that annoys me. Um, he was, But he had some other comments there a couple of weeks ago that he was getting flack for, and he was saying about how um, cinema as an art form is getting um, somewhat damaged by being labelled as content the word content he says is a bad word for any form of art because it just it um it devalues it a bit and again people are giving flack for that I don't see why he's giving flack for that what the fuck you want about like that's a good point he's making do you know what I mean we should kind of make sure these things aren't getting devalued and these things aren't getting seen as um content is a good word for it do you know what I mean? Just a good way to pass a couple of hours. A good way to pass a couple of hours instead of a good way for someone to express an idea. For a good way for someone to have an, have an enjoyable experience or something. Or have something that you could take with you. And we all have that. We've all had films that we saw fucking years ago. 
that you're still talking about to this day. Do you know what I mean? You're t- like fucking years ago, you sat down and watched it, and to this day, you still go, remember that fucking film? Remember we saw that? Or you went to see a film in the cinema, and it was just, you came out going, thank fuck I saw that in the cinema, and there were so many people there, it was just fucking great. We've all had that. Um, and I agree that we shouldn't forget that. So what point, what is the point I'm trying to get at? I have two points. So first I'm going to give an argument for why I don't think the Marvel films are an art form. Nerds already hate me. And I'm going to then describe why I believe we don't need to worry about these things being an art we don't need to worry about these things taking over and um every kind of disney property so fucking disney marvel star wars are all owned by the same company disney and they fucking run everything at the moment and everyone's freaking out that it's becoming a bit of a monopoly and i am going to give a fair argument as to why i think that isn't going to happen and why I think that has already happened and it's peaked and it's going to go away. And I'm convinced of this. I've had several discussions with people and they just don't get it. And I am still convinced. I, have had, I haven't had a single person convince me out of this thought. So we're going to get into it first. So the first part. Why aren't Marvel films... Why wouldn't I class them as art? And when I say art, people kind of fucking roll their eyes as well. That's a big thing. People are definitely going to go and watch this wanker. Art. Fucking thinks he's special. Know what? Talking about films. Art. Fuck off. It's a film. Well, define. So we'll define what art is. Because art went up its own hole years ago. Um. Apparently. Because the, the, I don't know much. Apparently the real turning point of when art went up its own hole was when it started getting sold. Then it was just rich people buying art for the sake of saying, oh yes, I bought this painting, so... And it, it lost its... It lost its... Is credibility the right word? It lost its respect from, like, common everyday people. So now when I say art, people just assume... I'm talking about paintings that rich people fucking talk about over glasses of red wine. Do you know what I mean? Um, What I would define as art isn't just painting. What I would define as art is any form of expression. Um, So a song is art. Um, a, A book is art. Yes, a painting is art. Photography is art. A podcast is art. Because, you know, you're expressing an idea. You're getting an idea across using just sound. Which is very similar to what music is, really. Um, And film is 100% art. When you look at films like... You look at films like, you know... um, You know, take any film that you like. Um, We'll take... I mentioned Taxi Driver. We'll take Taxi Driver. Taxi Driver is clearly a a very singular um, 
vision, I suppose. Vision is kind of a wanky word, though, isn't it? It's a, but it's a very, it's a very singular viewpoint and is a clear form of expression, right? So that's you know, it's it's and in and in terms of film, the artist in quotes is the director, right? They're the one who is expressing the ideas through visuals, but the problem with film as opposed to all the other mediums I've mentioned is you can't make a film on your own it has to be with a crew now you can make everything else with a crew of people you can make a podcast with a crew of people but a lot of people just do it on their own spoiler alert mine is just me on my own I know it sounds like a fucking mad production with a fuck ton of cunts but it's just me (laughs) Um, you can make a song completely on your own record it completely on your own you could write you write a book completely on your own, all these different things. But film is just impossible. You can't do that on your own. So you need. So you need if you're the director, you need someone who understands camera work. You need someone who understands audio. You need someone who understands lighting, and um, you need someone. You need actors, obviously. You need, you know, all these things in order to communicate the ideas. So, this is going to get, this is going to be extremely uh, pretentious and arty as fuck now for a second, but bear with me. When a painter is expressing an idea on a canvas, right, he uses paints and brushes. They're their, that's their tools. When When a musician wants to express an idea, they use an instrument. That would be their tools. For a director, though, their tools are people so the actor is essentially like a fucking paintbrush do you know what i mean no, the actor is like a paint and the person and the uh the director of photography who's the person in charge of camera work is like a paintbrush you understand what i mean very pretentious very arty as fuck now so uh, i apologize for that analogy but that's what it is so it requires a lot of um collaboration so when that happens is when you run into issues. That's when you run into the classic fucking thing of a fucking studio stepping in saying you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to fucking you can't you can't do it this way, you got to do it that way. The fucking studios taking over, all these different things. We hear about these things all the time. That shit's going to happen. Particularly in Hollywood. Um Hollywood is like the fucking top dog in terms of film hollywood has the fucking has a hollywood makes all the money right in terms of every other country in the world that makes films you know like france has quite a big um film culture but they don't make half as much fucking money as fucking hollywood does we all know that hollywood spreads across the entire fucking planet because they run it like a business they try to run uh, film like it's a business they don't they don't really look at it as an art form really you know what i mean they don't look at it as a form of expression they're looking at it in terms of how do we sell this how do we market this how is this going to make us money is this going to make us money? How much money are we going to put into this? How much money are we going to get back from this? All these different things. They run it like a business. 
you know what I mean? To them, a film is a product. That's the way Hollywood works, and that's the way it always has worked. And that's why they make all the money, is because they've figured out how to do that. Um, of course, that doesn't mean there isn't room for expressionism. For expression, because expressionism. That doesn't mean there isn't room for expression on the part of the director. There absolutely is. But... There's also once, and you see this a lot, if the studio gets their hands in too much, get get too much involvement in the film, then that's when it all fucking falls apart, right? You see this a lot. And at that point, the studio takes over and it no longer becomes the, the director's original intention. And it no longer becomes the director's film. It now becomes a film designed by committee in terms of marketing. In order to favour marketing rather than favouring um, rather than favouring um, something of true artistic merit. Right? Um, and that is exactly what Marvel is. Marvel is completely and utterly designed by fucking committee in order to make money. Now, that doesn't mean they're not good films, right? That doesn't mean they're not good. I'm a fan of Marvel, right? I'm a fan of Marvel. I was there when fucking Endgame came out, right? I, I'm i a fan. They're fucking great. But they're, they're designed by committee. Uh, I'll give you a good example. Iron Man 3. The Chinese version of Iron Man 3 has an entire like five minute extra scene in which Tony Stark gets an operation from a Chinese doctor. It's an entire scene added because simply for the fact that it was going to be this was going to be inch, uh, seen by Chinese audiences just out of nowhere everyone starts talking in Chinese and this fucking Chinese doctor does an operation and saves Tony Stark's life in the middle of the film. That isn't in any other version of the film, only in China. And it was added in for the sake of getting a good rapport, let's say, with the Chinese market. It was filmed the whole lot, has all the cast in it, Tony Stark's in it, fucking what's her name, Gwyneth Paltrow's in it, fucking Don Cheadle, all of them. They're all in. They're all in the scene, added specifically just for China, so they could sell it. That is bullshit, right? Now it's different. Apparently, I think most of the um, Marvel films have different versions, specifically for China, so that they can sell it more. That's ridiculous. That's nonsense. Then it loses. It loses its. It loses its. Um, loses any sort of uh, artistry at that point because you're literally just fucking changing it for the sake of fuck for the sake of selling it to a foreign market i make the comparison what if they change mona lisa if they were to bring mona lisa to china and there were someone went over and said here we're gonna have to change her to an asian lady because they're not gonna like the fact she's not asian in china people would say no the mona lisa is the fucking mona lisa you can't change it that's the way I view it. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't believe in having like alternate versions of films. I think it's fucking ridiculous. 
Um, it's different when it comes to marketing. Marketing's one thing, which they do have. I mean, fucking... This is a side note, but people go fucking apes. People are very... They're all very fucking woke today in fucking Hollywood. But when it comes to selling films to China, they all go very fucking quiet on the matter. Send it to China, making alternate versions of films for fucking China. Fuck China. Fucking Star Wars. Fucking all the fucking Star Wars movies. The chi- in China, the fucking what's his name, John Boyega was edited out of all of the posters for for Star Wars over there. In China. Just John Boyega. The posters are the exact same, but John Boyega, the one black character in the whole thing, gets edited out. No one ever brings that up. No one ever brings that up. But by God, you said one thing in 2013 that wasn't funny. Whoa, you're going down, you cunt. <laughs> Full of shit. But anyways, that's a side note. Do you know what I mean? Once you're fucking adding in extra scenes, that's not art. That's not art. That's not a form of expression. Who directed that? Shane Black. That's not Shane Black's film if they're adding in extra scenes just so they can sell it. Do you know what I mean? Now, again, lads, I will reiterate, I am a fan. Alright, now, what they achieved with the Marvel Universe is fucking phenomenal. It's fucking phenomenal. Avengers Endgame is fucking amazing, right? If you're a nerd and you, you saw that fucking film, you were there. We all know how fucking amazing that was. But it was... It was short-lived. It's, it's going to be short-lived. I, it's not going to keep going. I, I'm convinced it's pretty much done. Now I'll give uh, I'll give you my reason why. This is why I think it's done. This is why I think we don't need to worry about it. This is why I think Disney is finished. I think they've uh, they've already peaked. I think Avengers Endgame was very much the peak of what Disney is going to ever achieve. <laughs> I'll give you this analogy. For 10 years, <laughs> for 10 years, Kevin Feige took every nerd in the world on a very great first date. Probably the greatest first date you've ever been on. Took you out to see, took you out to see Iron Man 1. First, first go, Iron Man 1. You're enjoying yourself, you're having a nice time. That's Kevin Feige saying, yeah, I want to take you out, taking you on a nice time. And then at the end... There's a fucking post-credit scene where Nick Fury, who is Sam Jackson, comes out and says he wants to talk about the Avengers Initiative. Suddenly you're thinking, man, I like this Kevin Feige character. I like Kevin Feige. Then he's taking he's taking you around, he's showing you around the place. This is fucking, what else is there? Thor and fucking Captain America, the first event. He's taking you around, he's showing you around, you're going, man, this Kevin Feige chap isn't too bad. Bang, first Avengers movie. That's when he fucking leans in for the first kiss. Early on in the night as well. You're like, Jesus, Kevin, you leaned in for the first kiss this early. But you like him already. But you like him. And you fucking kiss him back. And you're like, man, I like this Kevin Feige chap. And he's like, come on, let's go walking. Then he takes in a nice, like, long, romantic walk down by the Shannon River in Limerick. Oh, it's lovely out there. And he just says, man, isn't it beautiful this time of night? And he's taking you down. Oh, you're going everywhere. Next thing out of nowhere unexpectedly Guardians of the Galaxy comes out oh you never thought you'd ever reach this level of 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 
this level of enjoyment out of something you never took notice of before. Oh, Kevin Feige, thank you so much. Oh my God, I really like this Kevin Feige guy. Next thing that's going on, it's going on. And you know, Infinity War and Endgame are on the way. So Kevin Feige says, here, do you want to come back to my place? And you weren't going to. You weren't going to come back to his place. You weren't going to go back to Kevin Feige's place at all. Your plan was to just say, here, you were you, you were going to just go on this date and see where Kevin Feige takes you. But before you know it, Kevin Feige is already, he's already wooed you to the point where you are coming to his house. He says, do you want to come to my house? And you say, yes, Mr. Feige, I'm coming. He takes you to his house. He's got a nice house as well, man. You're in there. You're looking around. He's got a nice fucking... He's got a nice decor. You can tell he's... It's tasteful, but not bland. Do you know what I mean? That's the interior of his house. It has a warm, homely feel. Do you know, It has a welcoming air in the tiles in his, in his hallway. There's something just nice about it. He's got some nice pictures in the wall. He's got ornaments. He says, come in here to the living room. He's got a nice living room in. He lights up the fire for you. He says, here, man, take off your shoes and feel free to lie in the rug. He's got a nice rug in front of the fire. Mm. He says, you don't mind if I take my jacket off, do you? And then this is when Avengers Infinity War came out. <laughs> Avengers Infinity War, then that's when you and Kevin Feige were lying on the rug and he's lying against you and he's getting extra close. And you're saying, oh my god, Kevin Feige's making the moves. <laughs> this is it, this is it. And then at the end of Infinity War, when the fucking snap happens, absolutely blew your mind. And at this point, you're all in. And at this point, you're pretty sure you're going to fuck Kevin Feige tonight. You weren't planning on it. You were planning on just going for a nice meal. You're, he was taking you out to a nice restaurant. And now before you know it. You realise. Oh my god. I'm having sex with this man tonight. That was the end of Infinity War. You just knew you were about to fuck that man tonight. Then afterwards. You've already made this decision. That you're all in tonight. You weren't planning on it. But you're all in. He knows you're all in too. He knows it. He's got that look in his eye. And he's got that confident little smile. But he's not being forceful. He wants you to feel comfortable. He wants you to know that, that, that... And he wants to make sure that you're okay with all of this. And he keeps asking you, are you sure you're comfortable? And you say, yes, Kevin, I am. He teases you a little bit as well because he knows you're all in. So he teases you a little bit. And he teases you with Ant-Man and the Wasp and Captain Marvel on the way. Which, to be honest, you're a bit let down with the teasing. But, you know... You kind of have to go along with it because you know what's coming. And next thing, Avengers Endgame. This is when he's making his move. He teases you just a little bit, just a little bit. He teases you a little bit and he leans in for that kiss again. Then he asks you, would it be alright if, t- if he took his shirt off? And you say, yeah. And then he asks, and then you ask him, can I take mine off as well, Kevin? He says, yeah, sure thing. Before you know it, it's getting very hot and heavy up in his rug. And then... Things are looking nice. Things are looking good. Next thing before you know it, none of you have any clothes on. Neither of you. Just you and Kevin Feige in front of his fire lying on his rug. You're having an absolute time in your life. And Kevin is showing you things you never thought could even be possible. That's what Kevin Feige is showing you right now. He's showing you things that you never thought was possible. And you oh my god, you just... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. 
Hang on, 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 hang You grab onto him tightly in a warm embrace and he grabs you back but not too tightly and he's constantly asking you if you're comfortable and if everything he's doing is okay and he's making you feel just right and then before you know it comes the portal scene in Avengers Endgame. This is the moment. This is the moment you've been waiting for. This is the moment this whole date has been leading up to. The whole date started with Iron Man back in 2008. And now you're in the cinema in 2019. And you know it's coming. Kevin Feige's making love to you and he's rug. Next thing that portal scene comes. You hear that first little on your left. And then that portal opens. And then the second portal opens. And all the portals open. And all the vineyards have risen up from the dead. And everyone's like oh my god oh my god oh my god oh my god. Oh my god, oh my god, and everyone's coming back, and the next thing, Peter Parker's back, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, and next thing, Steve Rogers says, Avengers, assemble, and then bang, you come straight inside Kevin Feige, (laughs) and that's the moment, and then you go home, you go home, Kevin Feige just showed you a night that you're never ever going to forget. And you go home thinking about it for days on end. He called you back for a second date after that. Spider-Man, was it far from home? You enjoyed that second date, but... Something's not quite right. You're enjoying the date, sure. But something's not quite there. Then there's a coronavirus pandemic and you're not sure if you're going to see Kevin for a while. Next thing, WandaVision comes out. And sure, WandaVision's great. And you're enjoying WandaVision. But again, something's not quite right. And you're not sure if you want to see Kevin again. <laughs> Alright, I'm going to give up on this date analogy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give up on that for a second. But the point is. Once you've made all the nerds come. And believe me they did. I was in that cinema. That cinema was destroyed in nerd jizz once I left. Oh my god it was carnage inside there. To be honest I was fucking. I was getting up. Everyone's fucking seats were destroyed. You were half stuck to your seat when you tried to get up afterwards. Do you know what I mean? Because I was wearing jeans as I was trying to get up with fucking... When I tried to get up wearing a pair of jeans, it sounded like Velcro ripping. Just like... Fucking, it was... It was awful. Fucking stanking there as well. You were getting splashed in the back of the neck. Do you know what I mean? I was wearing jeans and a hoodie. I should have been wearing a fucking poncho or a rain jacket or something. Because you were getting splashed left, right and centre with nerd jizz. This place was absolutely destroyed in nerd cum. Destroyed in nerd cum. But here's the thing. You spend ten years... With a bit of foreplay. And you finally get all the nerds. Do the nerds want a second date? And I don't think they do. I really don't think they do. I think the nerds only got one load in them. 
And believe me, you blew that load harder than anyone's ever going to blow that load ever again. But I don't know if you're going to be able to do it again. And it's... Here's an example. There was a lull. I don't think anyone remembers it. There was, there's a, there was, a, there was a few periods in that ten years, and I'm, I'm, I'm out of all the dating com al- an- analogies now. This is just genuine. Not. <laughs> there's no more semen talk after this. <laughs> there was a few periods there, lads. I don't know if I'm, like when Age of Ultron came out, and there was a few bits and pieces like that where. It didn't make quite as much money as they were expecting. There was a few films that didn't do quite as well. And there was a a few patches there. But once we knew for a fact Infinity War was coming out. Then that was it. You had to go see everything. That was it. You just had to go see everything. That was it. Because, well, Infinity War is coming out. I have to go see this. Doctor Strange is coming out. Who's Doctor Strange? I don't know, but Infinity War is coming out. And he's got one to stone, so i got to go see that. Alright, fair enough. Fucking Ant-Man the Wasp is out. Ant-Man the Wasp. Oh, Michael, see Ant-Man the Wasp. Oh, yeah. Um, Endgame's coming out there in a few months. i got to go see that because it might have a few clues towards Endgame. All right, fair enough. So you just got to go see it. Because it constantly has that going. But, like, what's going to happen when... Like, what's next coming out? Black Widow? I mean, Black Widow... Is that getting released online now? It might do. But I'll put it to you like this, lads. Those films cost about $300 million to make. Right? They cost about $300 million. That's a lot of money. They can't afford to make... They can't afford to not make a lot of money back. They physically just can't. They can't. Like, it, it would just crumble. There's no way they could keep that... that, that they, could keep, they could build a business... Where every single product costs that much money, and some of them to not make it back—it's just not feasible, right? So Black Widow, for example, let's say Black Widow comes out in cinemas, which I don't think it will know about, but let's just take it as an example. It's not inconceivable to think that Black Widow might not make that money back. It's not inconceivable to say Black Widow might actually be a bit of a disaster and might absolutely flop. Right, that's fair. I'd say that's a fair. That's a fair assumption. It's. I'm not saying it is, but I'm just saying it's not. It's not inconceivable. It could definitely happen, right? Well, if it doesn't make it, well, if it doesn't make that money back, then they're fucked. They're absolutely fucked. And here's the thing. You see, comic books themselves are really cheap to make. That's why they can go forever. That's why you could have characters like Daredevil. And people are always calling out all the bullshit characters that Marvel have. Fucking Squirrel Girl and all these kind of random shit, right? Yes, they are bullshit. But they can afford to do just random crazy ideas like that. Because it doesn't cost that much money. So they can take massive risks. They can keep printing. There's like a lot of comics go through periods of peaks and valley like you know like daredevil for example isn't that big a comic book but has a small kind of fan base that will buy it but there it can go through serious periods of drought where nobody's fucking buying it but it's not it's not costing marvel that much to keep making it with the potential that it might end up developing an audience again and start peaking back up again but when you're when each thing costs 
Like literally each thing costs 300 million dollars. No way. No way. There's no way. That you can just kind of say, well, it's not making the 300 million dollars back. It's actually not even making 100 million dollars. But, you know, hopefully the audience might pick back up. Do you know what I mean? They don't have endless amounts of money. This money is fucking fleeting. They need, they need to maintain that level of money constantly. And lads, like, the only reason we all went to see Ant-Man the Wasp, the only reason we all went to see Doctor Strange and all these things is because we knew, oh, Infinity War's coming, so I gotta keep up to date because that's on the way. But what's on the way now? Do you know what I'm saying? What's on the way now? But if, and if you said, yeah, it's on the way again in another 10 years' time, I'd say, go fuck yourself. I'll be 30. Go fuck yourself. So what are they going to do? Also, now this, now that's why I think, that's why I think it's going to start fading. A lot quicker than people think as well. I think it's going to start fading out really quickly. Because what's going to happen is Black Widow, let's just, let's, let's, let's theorize for a second. Black Widow doesn't make its money back. Now they want to make a fucking movie specifically about, I don't know, fucking, they want to make another Doctor Strange movie. And they're kind of going, well, Doctor Strange, well, if Black Widow didn't make its money back, well, will Doctor Strange make its money back? And then they might say, no, actually, you know what? Fuck Doctor Strange. No, we can't. We're gonna have to go with Spider Man again. And it's gonna, and it's gonna, they're gonna have to revert back to the characters everybody knows: Spider Man, Iron Man, Captain America. They're gonna have to start doing these things again until the point where everyone gets sick of it. Do you know what I'm saying? Because there's no room for, there's no room for new ideas because they can't afford new ideas. They need dead certs. And they don't have any more dead certs because there's nothing, because there isn't an infinity war on the way. So they don't have any dead certs anymore. So they can't afford to keep going anymore. They physically can't. People get upset me when I say that. I'm like saying they can't afford to do it anymore. One of my friends said to me, oh yeah, they have loads planned. I'm like, they can plan as much as they like. I don't think any of it's going to happen. Because they can't, they're not, they're going to have, they're going to start having some flops. Because you can't maintain a fucking absolute... You can't maintain a level of, their level of making ridiculous amounts of money on everything you put out for another fucking, what, 10 years, 20, like, like, how long do you see it going? It's not going to keep going for another 20 years. It's, do you know what I mean? In the next 10 years, it'll be gone. Now, as I said, because as I said, you've already fucking, you've already fucking, you've done all the foreplay. You met all the nerds coming their pants. And now, are they going to come back for a second date? No. Now, another big thing. Now, this is the biggest part. For me, this is the biggest thing. As to why it's not coming back. As to why it's reached its peak and it's on the way out. It's just simple laws of trends. Simple as that, I reckon. For me... To be honest, I could nearly do a whole podcast on this idea itself. But the 1980s and the 2010s are 
so ridiculously similar. The more you look into it, the more I'm like, wait, what? I'll map it out for you this way, lads, right? So you think, when you think of a film from the 1980s, what do you think? You think Back to the Future, Indiana Jones, you think... Like, uh, John Hughes type shit, Breakfast Club, all that kind of thing. These very fun, entertaining, family-friendly, un... Not very challenging, not very offensive films. Uh, something everybody can enjoy, fairly neutral, not taking any stance on, on something, not very political, very... Just very positive films. Do you know what I mean? Just very enjoyable, entertaining films. The 2010s are the very same. You know what I mean? The 2010s are, when you think of films, you think, you know, like I said, Marvel. It's a big one. Big one. It's all franchises, by the way. It's all, it's all nostalgia. The 2010s is a decade of nostalgia. Which, again, you could come back to again... So the 2010s is all franchises. All franchises. And all franchises based on previously established uh, properties. So you have Star Wars, Marvel, Mission Impossible, Fast and Furious. All these things. None of which started in the 2010s. All of which are decades old. Not Fast and Furious, but all the rest of them are decades and decades old. And are just being brought back. All, all of which in this idea of here's shit that people in their 30s and 40s like when they were kids now brought back. It's all nostalgia. Nostalgia. I'll come back to the word nostalgia. Now, I have mentioned before about how art often reflects its the current vibe is the wrong word. The current state of the world at the time. So it's a response to the world at that time. Whatever's going on in the world, art will respond to it or reflect on it in some way. So the 1980s and the 2010s are very, 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 very similar. So, and I've already mentioned how, and I'm talking again about American films. So let's look at America. What links America in the 1980s to the 2010s? In the 1980s, the president of the United States of America was Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan was the president from 1981 to 1989. So that's the entirety of the 80s, right? 1981 to 1989. That's the whole of the 80s. Ronald Reagan was a former film star who then went on to become an extremely controversial right-wing president of the United States. Former film star became extreme right-wing president of the United States. Became a major voice for all conservatives in the United States. Gave the conservatives a, a major platform and became a huge champion of conservative thoughts in America. Former film star. Again, this is going to sound like a leap. But it's not a fucking leap. Go fuck yourself. That's just Trump. 
Trump wasn't a film star, but he was a reality TV star, or a game show host, wherever the fuck he was, who then became a major champion of right-wing political ideals in America, who everyone hated, and everyone hated Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan's a twat. His wife's even worse, don't start me on Nancy Reagan. <laughs> but... But they're shockingly similar for two decades that are those they're too similar to be coincidences I think even when you look at the music of the 2010s to the music of the 1980s good example Blinding Light by The Weeknd if that came out in 1985 it would fit right in you know what I mean Put like go into the nineteen eighties playlist on Spotify and just put that song in the middle of it. It fits straight in. Everything else as well. There's everything in everything in the twenty tens was set in the nineteen eighties. Stranger Things, the Goldbergs. There was a huge eighties fucking nostalgia thing happening. A few things tried to do nineties nostalgia and it never took off. A couple of things tried to do in it, but it never took off. Now, nostalgia is an interesting word because, and again, I don't want to get too far into this, because South Park did this perfectly with member berries. But South Park said that everybody was capitalizing on, including Trump, was capitalizing on the idea of nostalgia. What was Trump's slogan? Make America great again. Star Wars fans were literally saying, J.J. Abrams is going to make Star Wars great again. They literally said that. People were literally saying that. Same with Marvel, all these different things. It's bringing shit that you thought was good before and bringing it back to the present. All the same ideals. So that's why I think the 1980s and the 2010s mirror each other so very much. I think they're basically the same decade. In many respects, they're very similar decades. Now... But what's this got to do with Marvel going away? Well, after the 1980s, you had, spoiler alert, the 1990s. Now, in terms of film, the 1990s were a direct postmodern response to the fucking sincerity of the of the 1980s in terms of films. So, in the 19 80s the biggest the biggest filmmakers and directors were Spielberg Ron Howard George Lucas right in the 90s it was Quentin Tarantino Spike Lee Paul Thomas Anderson fucking Kevin Smith you know like it was a move straight towards it was a movement against commercial films. It was a movement against sincere, happy, poppy films. Tarantino wasn't doing films about... He wasn't doing Indiana Jones type things where everyone comes and saves the day. No, he was doing a film about bank robbers where literally nobody is the good guy in that movie. Everyone is terrible. And that's what he's doing. And, you know, and he's... Do you know what I mean? Instead of doing a big thing, Indiana Jones comes and saves the day. He's doing, nobody comes and saves the day. 
everyone in Reservoir Dogs fucking kills each other in the end and that's the end of the fucking movie. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Um, you know, 1980s as well, you have... nineteen nineties you have then you have fellas like Spike Lee. You know, there's not a lot of talk about race going on in films in the nineteen eighties. Then you have fellas like Spike Lee coming in saying, No no, with films like Do the Right Thing, for example, saying, No no no, fuck you, this is what is happening. This is what America is. Wake the fuck up. This is real. This is reality. You know what I mean? Then you have fellas like 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 Kevin Smith when he comes up with clerks. It's just a total departure from all the rest of that bullshit where it's like, no no fuck that fuck back to truth fuck everything else and i'm not saying they hated these films they loved these films i'm just saying it was a it was a push against what 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 had been previously established people like kevin smith said no no why can't a movie just be two guys that talk like talk like me and my friends do why haven't i ever seen that before and then he makes clerks which is literally just two guys who work in a shop talking for an hour and a half talking about talking about star wars and just talking about like he kevin smith says just two guys talking about pussy and star wars that's all it is just making extremely crude jokes talking about star wars and it's literally just a movie of people talking that was a big thing in the 90s as well tarantino's that was a big thing you know Tar- like tarantino comes out reservoir dogs the opening scene of reservoir dogs is them talking about what does sound like a virgin mean do you know what i mean instead of being the 1980s it's real people talking about pop culture of the 1980s so they're like saying what does like a virgin what's like a virgin all about in clerks they're talking about the fucking independent contractors that would have got killed working on the death star <laughs> do you know what i mean like the innocent people who were just there working there as a job things like <laughs> you know things like that it's just a push away from any of any fuck your sincerity fuck this fuck you go fuck yourself <laughs> do you know what i mean this is what this is why can't film be this why can't what f- what's wrong with that um and again that's how trends work and you if you if you move backwards from the 1980s you had the 70s which was almost the opposite of the of the of what the 80s were as well the 70s you go back were was a much darker grittier kind of kind of decade you had films like the graduate being this big romantic comedy but ending on a very kind of ending on a really positive note as i won't spoil the end of the graduate but it ends on a really kind of positive positive general note like you would in any romantic comedy a big exciting scene but then it's literally the last few seconds just makes of it's the last few seconds just add a feeling of yeah but now what do you know what I mean? Oh yes, they're happily ever after, and then it's just the two of them sat in a bus, kind of going, "Okay, but yeah, what's happily ever after even fucking look like?" And it ends in it's just the last fucking kick to the balls of pessimism. You know what else had you in the seventies? Clockwork Orange. Like fucking, there's no film has to this day, no film has fucking topped Clockwork Orange's level of fucking. Fucking people went on like joke, like uh, I, 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 you can't do much without giving a the film Joker a bit of a dig but fucking people went down like Joker was the grittiest film ever made or some shit go fuck yourself and watch Clockwork Orange that is one of the grittiest films ever made it's one of the most disturbing films ever made it came out what 73 or something 
that's what the that's what the 70s were and then you also had like i said taxi driver and all these films but then people like george lucas and spielberg were coming up with their stuff and then hollywood said let's have more of that because that sells better and then that's when you had the 80s and then in the 90s you have all these people saying no 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 never mind all that commercial stuff we're gonna we're gonna do this this isn't this isn't shiny this isn't polished this isn't this isn't what you'd normally consider as being polished this isn't what you'd normally consider to be commercial this isn't what the studios want but fuck you this is what i want to see this is what I want to see in a movie, and I and I haven't seen this before. And there's often a boom of independent film that way, you know. And all those people made start off by just making films off their own bat, you know, not going to a big studio, but kind of finding a backdoor in. Tarantino made Reservoir Dogs because he knew someone who knew someone who knew someone who knew someone who knew, someone who knew Harvey Keitel. And he managed to get his script to Harvey Keitel. And Harvey Keitel reads fucking Reservoir Dogs. And no human being on earth would read Reservoir Dogs and not go, who the fuck wrote this? This has to be made because it's amazing. And then that's how he, that's, and then straight up, you got Harvey Keitel in the movie, bang, you're in. You know, Kevin Smith literally just rented out a shitload of equipment, committed some minor credit card crimes. <laughs> I could do a whole other podcast on Kevin Smith. I love that man to death. Um, committed some minor credit card crimes in order to rent out some equipment, and just made a film in a shop that he worked in, and then managed to just bring it into Sundance and get it seen by the right people. Spike Lee, just similar thing. Scorsese actually did a similar thing back in the day, but that's not the nineties. But in the nineties, this is what people were doing. These people were doing it themselves, a real kind of DIY kind of aesthetic, similar to what punk was. It was, fuck, it's fuck your commercialism, fuck your skill, fuck fuck your big crews, fuck all that. I'm doing this. This is my thing. And there's always those kind of independent booms that come out of as a, that come out as a response to commercialism. That independent boom hasn't happened yet for this generation. And it has to. There's no, it's ridiculous. That it hasn't happened yet. It's raring to happen. It's raring to happen. We, we've we just come out of an extremely commercial decade. Look at all the fucking songs. The biggest songs to come out in the 2010s. Most of them are shite. Do you know what I mean? I didn't even realise it till the end of the fucking decade. Fucking, what was it? Fucking Billboard did the top 100 rock songs of the fucking, of the 2010s. Jesus Christ. Imagine Dragons won the, had about six in the top 10. That'll fucking tell you. Imagine Dragons are not our fucking rock band fucking like don't even want to start me but we came out of an extremely commercial decade marvel is extremely commercial star wars is extremely commercial all this extremely commercial stuff and there's constant chatter about how we have films that can be made we can make films from a fucking device that fits in your pocket now do you mean kevin smith had to do some legally questionable things in order to get some equipment that now fits in your fucking pocket do you know what I mean? You have everything you need is on a fucking smartphone now. Everyone always says that. You can just make a film straight up on your phone now if you wanted. And you can do that. And there is yet to be... There is films that have been filmed on iPhones that have done well. There was the film Tangerine that won Sundance Film Festival. That was filmed on an iPhone. Uh, Steven Soderbergh filmed the film Unsane on an iPhone um, with some like lenses and stuff like that. 
Um, but there's yet to be just some fiend from fucking Idaho makes the next clerks or the next fucking reservoir dogs or the next she's gotta have it that's yet to happen it hasn't happened yet and it's it has it's going to happen it's going to happen I'm straight I'm straight I'm calling it now it's going to happen it's going to happen and when that happens people are gonna go fuck fuck Marvel and their fucking commercial shit fuck that have you seen this some lad from fucking Monaghan made a film uh, made a film in about living in Monaghan and it's fucking savage man it is fucking hilarious go watch it you get bits of that with things like the young offenders but even that fucking one thing comes out that's good fucking then the fucking you know studio cunts have to go in and go oh my god people like that let's make fucking three seasons of it doesn't matter if it's good or not anymore just keep making loads of and loads and loads and loads of it you know that's what happens with that shit but what's gonna happen is some young fella is gonna make a fucking film and he's fucking with with very minimal crew for fuck all money because it's dirt cheap to make films now they talk about this they talk about how much like how much did it cost Kevin Smith spent 25 grand making clerks and it looks like shite you can make clerks look fucking very well and make it look really good for free tomorrow no bother do you know what I'm saying Kate's making them black and white it's because it's just it would just have been really expensive to have to do it in colour because of the fucking because film print costs more in colour and then you'd have to worry, you know, you'd have to buy more expensive lights. Like you don't have that. You wouldn't, you wouldn't have that issue at all now if you were to make clerks tomorrow. Do you know what I'm saying? There hasn't been that independent boom yet for this generation. And you can make you can make reservoir dogs for fucking for a hundred quid. Do you know what I mean? What do you need for reservoir dogs? If you, if you were to remake reservoir dogs tomorrow. You need a warehouse. If you if you know someone who owns a warehouse, sorted. Fucking if you know someone who owns a cafe, ask can you fucking use it so you can do the opening scene. Ask can you use it for a couple of mornings before they open. Sorted there. A few scenes in the cars. What, there's the scene in the office. And there's a couple of scenes in fucking Tim Roth's bedroom. Like you could make that for about a fucking couple of hundred quid. Like, piss easy. And nobody's done it yet. So, judging by trends, judging by simply based on the trends that have come before, I'm predicting a major boom of independent film. And when it happens, there's going to be a film, I reckon there's going to be one film that's made, and it won't be like, it might necessarily be totally independent. It mightn't be totally just some fella from Monaghan and two of his mates do you know it mightn't be totally that, but it's gonna be a film that's a lot cheaper, a film that he fucking some lad from Leash went to went to the went to the went to his local county board, asked for a bit of funding. They gave it to him, and he actually got a few people with some expertise involved. And he manages to somehow get Killian Murphy into it. But he's actually just some lad from Leash who managed to get Killian Murphy into his film. And he's going to make a fucking savage fucking film. Something from Leash. 
and everyone's going to go, have you seen this fucking film from Leash? And there'll be no turning back. And then the 2020s are going to be like the 90s. People are always saying, I miss the 90s. The 2020s, I reckon, are going to be exactly like the 90s. Not exactly like the 90s, but I reckon, and what I'm saying about that, I reckon, is true of most things, not just film. Because that happened with music in the 90s. 80s music said, 80s music was all this big poppy commercial shite. 90s was all Nirvana. And then it went from Nirvana to Britpop, Blur and Oasis. Again, a lot of lads from fucking council flats. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Just fucking... Do you know what I mean? Not the stereotypical pop stars. But why not us? I kind of... Yeah, I think that's a good idea. That's a good explanation of it. Just a mentality of, wait, why not us? Why can't we do it? If they're doing it, why can't we? And that that's what happened in the 90s across all... Mediums. Media? Mediums? Media? And I reckon that's what's going to happen in the 2020s. So, Martin Scorsese, I reckon, doesn't need to worry. I don't reckon he needs to worry about um, films getting deemed as content or um, so, uh, so-called theme park films because I reckon um, they're on their way out. I reckon they've reached their peak. Kevin Feige played, took us all out on a nice date but we had a really nice exciting date with an exciting new person but it just it just it just isn't going to work out there just isn't that deeper connection Kevin there just isn't that deeper connection with Kevin but when some film comes out out of leash and you just see that film and it's just going to make sense you're going it's just going to it's going to hit you on that deeper level and you're just going to have that deeper connection with this film doesn't mean you didn't enjoy yourself with Kevin Feige. He took you out on a nice date, but you're just looking for something a bit deeper. And that's what you're going to get in a few years' time. And you're going to have to let Kevin go. <laughs> Alright, there you go. Um, I did a lot of talking there, didn't I? Did a lot of renting there. Um, so there's my strong opinions on the history of Marvel and commercial films as we as we know them. Um I hope you enjoyed yourselves there now lads. I I enjoyed doing that. Um that's an idea I've been sitting on for quite some time. There's a lot of ideas there. As I said there's a f- there's a few different ideas I've brought up there that could be their own separate podcasts. But I've kind of thrown them all into one mix and mash thing. I fucking I I I spoiled you. Um, I say that I don't know who I'm even talking to anymore because <laughs> you're not listening this far at this stage <laughs> alright I'll leave you go away now because we're, 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 we're quite a while into this alright enjoy yourselves have a nice all week um, I'm flat to the fucking mat I have assignments due this week and I have fucking assignments due I have assignments due next week I'm not sure if I have something actually due next week actually I do fuck but I but it's only but I have a couple of other small things that need to be started this week for the week after next 
and I've a couple of things due then the week after that again so it's going to be a lot of um you're going to hear a lot of chatter from me about how busy I am and doing a lot of whinging but sure look it's college so what the fuck are you going to do what are you going to do you can't change it. it's fucking college college is meant to be shy and stressful unless of course you live in college court <laughs> um, alright I'll leave it go away uh, have a nice week. Um, fuck, hang on a second. Oh, hang on. Yeah, it's a nice one. Um, everyone was. There's a nice quote I heard. Was it? Every man has two lives, and the second one starts when he realizes he only has one. Alright, so I'll leave that with you for the week. Alright, enjoy your enjoy your week. Have a nice week. Love you all. I'll talk to you next week. Love you.